0: Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show today. And uh, welcome back. It's been a little while, a week or so, since we put out our last podcast. And uh, I've had some big things going on, so uh, sometimes podcast has to take a back seat. But, um we had our total athlete challenge last week. So congratulations to Ashley cookie gam and Lauren Starks our open and masters winners respectively. Um, Both ladies put up huge squats, um, good cleans, good bench presses, their agility and plyometrics were, were great. We've been training hard for it and uh, it paid off. They, they, Set some PRs, tied some lifetime PRs, um, post-injury PRs, things like that. So it was a good success all around. Um, I was very proud of, of, of those ladies. And uh, can't wait to give them their trophy tomorrow. Um, should come in tomorrow. Anyhow, uh, some things that I learned about the, the event... Uh, that I think are pertinent to you guys as listeners, you know those those of you who are coaches who are getting into the business or you know trying to market your own event. Um, I've done a lot of events in my career. Some have been successful, some have not, um, and it and it kind of depends on you know how you view success. But obviously, the more people that come to your event and participate, the better it is, or the more successful it is. So our our event was not hugely attended, Um, it would have had more had I done better at marketing. So where did I go wrong? I think there was two fundamental things. One, um, I gave up on paid advertising for this event mainly because I felt um, I was trying to get it done and there were so many restrictions that I got frustrated and just didn't do it. And I kept saying I was going to go back and redo it. you know, with the right font and, you know, marketing toward you can't do paid marketing for an event to, uh, to people under 18. I didn't know that. And so after each iteration of the ad kept getting, uh, uh, denied, then, you know, it was frustrating. So the moral of that story is rather than get frustrated and, you know, again, I, I planned on coming back and redoing it. And I never did because I got busy, which that, uh, That's going to factor in here in a minute. I'm going to talk about that, getting busy. Um, But the fact is, I had time to do it, and I just didn't do it because I was busy doing other things or thought I was too busy to do other things and never circled back around. But the point is, to avoid mistakes like this, what you need to do is look at the rules and the regulations. You know, a lot of times when there's terms of service agreements and there's things like that we just rush through it like oh yeah yeah I know I'm not binding any money to this or it's no big deal they just want to make sure that you know I don't sue them for something or whatever so you just agree and you just move on well in this case had I had I read their rules and regulations I would have known before I ever put the first ad out that I couldn't use all capital letters in my advertisement I couldn't use advertising geared towards underage um, athletes again I, I was trying to I said all ages I just I just had my ad open to all ages and when you're I guess trying to sell a product or sell a a, a um, in this case a, a, an event you can't do it to anyone under 18 didn't know that so um, and there were a couple other little small things like that that I would have known had I read those ahead of time. Now, these things get updated all the time. So we've done ads in the past where I just, boom, knocked it out and got it out there. And it seems there's ever-increasing rules and regulations, which is probably for the best because I'm sure some people have taken advantage or advertised some inappropriate things. And so they have to have some safeguards. So I'm not upset at Instagram or Facebook for, for that. It's I didn't take the time to read it ahead of time. So whenever I had free time, I was trying to bang out an ad and get stuck and then do it again and get denied and do it again and get denied. And I was like, ah, forget it. I'll come back to it when I have more time to really sit down and look at it. And then that never happened. So I think that was one reason it didn't get advertised as well as it could have. Second reason, I think, um, especially on the men's side, I think I overestimated the bench press weight to do for reps um, something I'll modify in the future. Thirdly, I think the the probably the biggest thing, and and this was somewhat intentional, but but also relates to the topic I want to talk about today, which is time management. I think a lot of the big events that I've done in the past and that others have done that I've you know been a part of had title sponsors. They went out and got sponsors, and you know that. Not only legitimizes your event, but it, it helps broaden the marketing, you know, appeal. Uh, people get behind it. People understand that there's other things involved, other companies involved. This must be a bigger event. Um, and and that helps me get, you know, if I get sponsorship money from these sponsors, then, you know, I can advertise more and do, do bigger things. So uh, have bigger prizes, bigger, you know, have a big draw uh, incentive, if you will. And so when we first started back a couple years ago, the first time we did this event, um, I did actually reach out to get sponsors because no one knew who we were yet. Um, but because no one knew who we were, uh, we didn't get a huge turnout on that event. Um, and again, I chalked it up to us being brand new. This time, um, cultivating those, those, inter, or those um, sponsorships, I just didn't even try this time. I didn't feel like I had the time, um, I was busy with other things, and you know what, that's an excuse. And that's an excuse because what, what I want to talk about today is time management. And time management is one of these things that can make or break you as a, as a professional. It can burn you out if you don't do it well, um, but it can save you a lot of time and you can live the lifestyle that you want if you do it right. And I think everyone has struggles with this. I, I know I'm no different. And I I consciously didn't go after these sponsors because I just didn't I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to I didn't want to take the time to do it. Um, and I think ultimately that was probably a poor decision. Again, we don't always hit home runs And I try to be you know transparent on this. they their are ideas that I have. And again, the reason I didn't do it was I felt that I my time was better spent programming for the athletes that I currently train and everything, which is not an, a bad idea, of course, but there are better uses of my time. For example, when we, and this, this goes for any job that you have, not just personal training, but, um, you know, you have to make sure that you plan for cancellations and or, um, uh, no-shows and things like that. So if you have a no-show policy, right, you're still getting paid for that hour. Um, and but if you have a cancellation, you know, you, you want to try to get someone else, you know, plugged in there. And you can work really hard, you know, to try to fill that hour um, and if someone cancels a couple days in advance and you're trying to scramble to get that hour. Well, you could use that hour as your admin time, knowing that you're going to have a couple of these you know, come up. So you say, okay, if I have a cancellation, this is when I'm going to call these sponsors or this is when I'm going to do payroll or do things like that. Um, one thing Chelsea and I have done is we've redone our pay structure. So we've wanted to make sure that our, our clients are being accountable on their end, right? That they're taking care of business outside of the gym. And one of the things that we do is make sure that when they buy their sessions, um, it's on a month-to-month basis now, and those sessions don't roll over. But in order to make it more appealing for them, for the same price they've been paying, we've added more sessions to it. So that they have more to choose from, they can get more workouts in, and if they're resourceful, they'll get a a heck of a deal. But it forces them to come in, because those don't roll over. Those... um, those uh sessions don't roll over to the next month if they don't use them so it, it it keeps them accountable and they're less likely to cancel for reasons that are like oh i'm tired or i'm just running late and i don't have time to do it today um and we get you know we get a lot of those kind of cancellations and, and before what would happen is we might get a no-show or we might get a cancellation a day in advance and you know we, we would be scrambling to try to fill that spot because you know, if we don't do a session, we don't get paid, right? Well, now we can rest a little easier and we can plan if we have a cancellation. Okay, I don't have to scramble to fill that spot. I can use that time to do more of my admin work. So I'm not trying to get the admin work done at the end of a 15-hour day when I have to be up in a few hours to open the gym again. So it's it's making our day a lot better. So that was one big thing that, that Chelsea and I have done to improve our time management. And it's, and it, we've been doing it about two months now and it has been great because we've been able to get a lot of things done during the day. Now, that being said, you also have to look at your time, just your time in general. When are you willing to train and, and what kind of schedule do you really want to lead? Because we know in this business, it's very easy. Ah, I shouldn't say very easy. It's easier to fill your mornings in your evenings than your midday, Right. Because That's when everyone else is at work. But if you have kids and uh, you know lead a, lead a you know a full family life, it's hard to do that because you're gone in the morning when they need help getting to school and you're gone in the evening when they're at home. And so it takes a lot of time away from family you know to split shift your day that way. But that may be what you have to do. The, the thought is you don't commit to any hours, that you can't do, you know, protect your family life like it's your you know, most precious resource because it is, you know, your personal time is the, the biggest commodity you have uh, and don't give it away for free. So if you have to train someone, say, at 10 p.m. and you don't want to do it on a regular basis, make sure that they know that this is a one time thing. You know, there's. Um, what people have called, you know, the ego—I uh, can't remember. It's—I um, can't remember the actual term. It was something about ego, um, where it was not not being a cocky thing, but being a confident in that. Oh, I can get everything done. I could say yes to everything, and I get caught up, or you get caught up in this idea that you have to say yes to everything. And you can get it done and maybe you do a good job when you get it done, but the problem then becomes you don't um, save any time for yourself and you burn yourself out. So even if you do a good job, even if you say yes to a lot of things and get things done well, it doesn't bode well for your personal life, uh, whether that be with family or just you know your own personal time. And that's something that you want to try your best not to, to run into. So a lot of that has to do with, again, prioritizing your time and making sure your time is, your personal time is, you know, set in stone that this is not something I'm going to encroach on and be specific with that. And again, if you ever have to break that rule for yourself, make sure that the people know that it's a one-time thing because once you start down that path, it's really hard to get back. So... Let me use a couple of examples uh, of real-time examples that that Chelsea and I have run into. So early on um, in our business, we um, like literally the first week or two, uh, we we opened early, 5 a.m., and we were both very excited. And so you know, the first week or so goes by, we wake up at five and we're there. And you know, then it started to be known that you know Chelsea was running a little bit late a day or two, then an hour late. An hour and a half late, you know. Now it was no big deal because we didn't have any early clients, so no one was missing anything, right? But the fact was, I was getting up, and I was there. Uh, so rather than get mad <laughs> and get frustrated, I realized that her big sacrifice is she has to she she trains, right? She trains for you know running, and she has eyes set on, you know, the Olympic trials. And so one of the things that she really needs is she's got to have the right amount of sleep and she's got to have time to train at the level that she needs to train. So we just set up a, 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 a schedule where her mornings, she gets to sleep in to make sure she gets that eight hours and then train and then come to work, you know, and that worked well for a while. And then as we grew, um, She took on a lot of clients in the mornings because we didn't really know what to do. We didn't, you know, there would have been times where I had a client and someone else came in, so she took a client then and she started packing her mornings and her evenings and then all of a sudden runs into this dilemma where she is here super early and late just like me and... Now, what does she do? When does she get her training in? And so training becomes, you know, less intense or sporadic and rest is not as good and all of these things that can negatively affect her goals as a competitive runner. So that's the, that's a real problem, right? So what do we do? How do we get away from this? How does she get that back? Well, um, there could have been a lot of different options and, um, one of the options you can do, and this is not necessarily what we did but you can choose to um, hire new people, right? So you can hire people to take over those clients so that you can get your time back. And if you have enough cash flow and can get through that, then, then great. If you don't, then you know, that could be a problem. Uh, you could raise your prices. You know, as supply or as demand goes up and, and supply is short, cost has to go up. So if you know, time is limited and there's a demand for it, you raise your price, and you know the, goes to the highest bidder. And that's frustrating when you know you you make your time you know a premium, but it you know you are providing a premium service. You have to remember that, and your time is valuable. Uh, if you undercut your pricing, and then you're going to get into this situation where yeah, a lot of people like that cheap price. And they come and they take advantage. All of a sudden, you're super busy, but you're you're not making a lot of money because you didn't charge very much. And now, if you try to raise prices, you might lose some of them. Now, if you've done well and have good word of mouth, you know you can you can get away with that because you'll probably pick up one or two people. You might lose three, but pick up one or two uh, that will pay the higher price. So it is it is um, a a hard pill to swallow, but again, you can avoid that by, you know, valuing your time better. And again, I've talked about before. That was a, a, a mistake we made early on, but we've corrected it and, and uh, things are, are good now. So some other things that you can do is, is, uh, you know, avoiding too much downtime when you're, when you're at work. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier, if if you know you have cancellations, if you know you have no shows, you know using that time, sometimes it's hard to say, oh well, I've only got an hour. I, I wasn't going to have a free hour this morning, but now someone no showed, so I've got this hour, and so you go and you sit and you look at YouTube or you know Instagram or, or whatever rather than getting things done, and so this is where I employ the the power list that uh, that uh, Andy Frasilla on the MFCEO project has. Has influenced me. This was a great idea. It was a list you make of things that have to get done that day, not things that have to get th- things that have to get done that move your business forward, not things that you have to do on a daily basis. Like I have to train people, I have to, um, uh, you know, write a workout. You know, th- those are things that you do. That's just part of your of what your job is. Things that move your business forward are making connections. So, emailing potential clients, uh, uh, you know, writing articles or, or writing programs that are that you're going to sell that will eventually be passive income. You know, working on these things that that are going to make your business take a step forward. That's what you need to put on your power list. So, if you set goals and set things to get done during the, any downtime. If you knock those things out early in the day, then if you have a no-show in the afternoon, okay, maybe then you go read a fun article that you've been wanting to read, okay? But don't do that when there's other things to get done to move your business forward. Then you won't be using your time very wisely. I've mentioned before with the podcast, you know, I I kept putting it off and putting it off, but we started to get a lot of views, or not views, uh, listens, downloads, and I realized that people did want to hear what I had to say, and so I wanted to make it a priority, and so I've made time to get this done, so I have times, as you guys know, when I sit down and record, um, and you know, if I'm running late or if I don't get one out that week, there's usually a really good excuse. It's usually not, oh, well, I just decided not to do it. A, I like doing them, so it's fun for me, but B... Um, it is on my schedule. Um, there's times when I sit down to record these Tuesdays and Thursdays or when I generally record. Every once in a while I'll record on a different day uh, because something, the mood strikes me or I know I'm going to be busy on a Tuesday so I, I do it Monday or, or something like that. But again, having that power list of things to get done that move your business forward, move your operation forward. Get that stuff done and then you have a win for the day. And that really helps to to prioritize yourself so that you meet your goals, but also um, keeping keeping yourself on schedule. Now, the other thing that I think is a huge time saver is using technology. This is something that I I know I um, I say I like, but then when it comes time to doing it, I I veer away from it. Not because I don't like it, but because I just get caught up in the moment, and I move around. And and usually, if I had the technology with me in hand, it'd be better. So I use an iPad, and I have all of my programs written on an iPad. Now, usually, we put it on the whiteboard because people like to see it, uh, and and it's a little easier for me to run around and help coach when I'm not holding an iPad. So I usually write it down, but I have everything there, and I have, um, you know, my scheduler is on there. So I mean, I can run everything off the iPad now. A lot of people don't see me running around with the iPad, but it's there, uh, and I do have it um, to use to keep myself on track and on schedule. My schedule doesn't change too much from day to day, uh, which is good for me, and that's how me and my clients have liked to set it up. But at the same time, uh, having that schedule make you allows you to know, you know, to store all emails, store phone numbers, store. Um, how many sessions people have left, you know, tracking things like that. Going to our monthly system, it doesn't, it's not really a factor anymore, which that's really great uh, for us. But at the same time, you know, we, we definitely um, have used the technology to help all of those little housekeeping things be not so um, challenging. Uh, another way that you can... Um, Really help yourself save time, and this has been the hardest for me. Definitely been the hardest for me is uh, delegation. So, so putting out uh, jobs to other people. I've always had trouble with this. This, and and it's not because I don't trust other people to to do a good job. It's because I get nervous about you know the job. Not being done to my satisfactory, so I just do it myself. Or, and this is probably just as often, is I get I may not explain it the best way. Like you know, you explain something and you think you know if you let's say, for example, you have a class um, and you want it done a certain way and you have an instructor teaching that class, you need to make sure that they are teaching it the way you want it to be taught. Otherwise, if they start teaching it a different way, and then you go and get upset with them and try to reprimand them, they're going to be like, well, I didn't know that's what you wanted, or I didn't understand. And so you have to be clear. Now, if you're clear with your instructions, and then you delegate that, then it's off your plate, and if it's not being done to your satisfaction, it's a real easy fix. Hey, remember I said I want A, B, and C. Let's work on that. Uh, but, for for example, I, I love programming. You guys know that. I talk about it all the time. But I also um, you know, have, been, have gotten busier over the years. Uh, and so we have turned over the programming of the Total Body Fitness class to Tony. And Tony does a great job. I'll say that right off the bat. He does great. And I knew he would. And I was comfortable with his training style before I ever offered that to him. But... It got to be where he's coming in to teach it, um, you know, almost every morning. Uh, It's something that he likes to do as well, and it made more sense. It took something off of my plate. He's certainly capable of doing it, and he's the one teaching it. So it's it's better when he writes the program anyways, because he's the one teaching it. And now, it's one of those scenarios where... I trained him in the style that I wanted him to 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 write it and to present it. He certainly um, has the green light to add in his own flair and his own ideas and methodologies. Um, that's part of what you know uh, broadens our depth as trainers here. Um, it, we're learning from Tony. Tony's learning from us. Jeff's learning from everybody. We're learning from Jeff. So it all works out really well. Um, but. I had to hand that over and and that was hard for me to do, but it it has made a huge, it's taken a lot of of time off of my schedule that I can put back into training my own clients, which again, I love to do. So that helps. All right. Now, um, I have a little bit of a rant today. And I, I don't rant often, you guys know this, but there's just some things that I've really been wrestling with when it comes to the pod, not the podcast, when it comes to uh, the gym. And I'm putting it out there kind of as a hypothetical question, but but if you have any thoughts or if you have any you know ideas about this um, and where you stand on this issue... Uh, let me know because'm I'm, I'm truly not trying to make a, a mark here or put draw a line in the sand by any stretch but i just i keep thinking about these this scenario or these scenarios in my head and I, I really don't know what to do so the idea here is let me turn this music off the idea with this thought process that i have is whenever you make a program, whenever you have an idea, whenever there's something that you want to accomplish, programmatically speaking, okay, when I'm talking about when you're writing your program, you are the expert, right? Now, it's not to say that you can't be wrong, and there's more than one way to skin a cat. So if you have a, a hypertrophy program and someone else brings up an idea that's equally as valid, you can say yes but this is this is why I'm doing it this way and this is why I want you my client or you my class to do it this way and that should be enough right you're you're the expert you're being paid to do these things now there's in business there's there's the adage you know the customer is the customer is always right and in our business, in a lot of gyms, in a lot of class, like group exercise scenarios, you know, the customer's coming in just to get a workout in. And it's really hard to program a workout that is, you know, daily. A daily workout that it builds on the day before and that is dependent on the, the person doing the workout every single day because some people may only have time to come in three days a week. Um... You know, and that's that's a shame. And so you know, if you write a program that is meant to be five days a week, then they're gonna be missing out on some of it, and therefore they may not progress like you want, and therefore their results may not be as good. And they may be you know, you may be spending a lot of time programming something that people don't appreciate or at least have the time and ability to um, to do fully. So, for example, looking at, say, CrossFit, um, you know, CrossFit has been criticized over the years for programming random stuff. I mean, back in the day, it was very much randomized. And I think there's a lot of people out there now that are programming way more periodized um, strength progressions uh, and then putting uh, the conditioning with it. Now, again, I'll I'll still... uh, I still have my thoughts and opinions on, on what the wads should be versus what a lot of them are, but that's that's a whole nother story. The point is, they've come a long way, and if someone if if a CrossFit coach writes a workout that involves a strength progression over five weeks, and someone just pops in every two to three days a week, uh and you know misses the squats for two of that. Six weeks two weeks out of the six-week you know progression, they may not have the greatest results. And is it appropriate for them to come in and do a 90% squat when they haven't been there on any Monday? And now they've shown up on Monday and it's 90%, but they haven't squatted in four weeks or whatever. And so obviously the answer is no, you want to scale it back a little bit, and that's an easy call when they come in and like, hey, look, we're getting ready to go heavy today. I know you haven't been here on this day, so you might want to go a little bit lighter, right? Okay, that makes sense. But The point I'm making is, where do we draw the line as coaches of classes? I'm talking classes here, not not personal training. Where the client wants to come in and just sweat. And where do we say, you know what, okay, that's what they want. They just want to come in and they want to sweat that day. They don't care uh, um, what it is. They don't care... You know what they're necessarily doing. They're going to do a little strength work, a little conditioning work. Doesn't matter. We're going to just sweat. We're just going to get a good workout in. So they leave that day thinking, today's workout was hard. I burned some calories and I pushed some heavy weight. And a lot of times that's what they want. And this was a shock to me. So I've told this story before, but I'll say it again. When I was at the Y and I met with our group X instructor uh, to go over, you know, finances because we are spending a lot of money on these prog- pre-programmed classes from from Les Mills, and Les Mills is a draw. People like it. People know it, but uh, it was expensive. And I, I approached our director, our Group X director. and I said, Why don't we start writing these ourselves? Why don't we challenge some some of our you know instructors that may want to do this? And you know our Group X director, who is f- or is phenomenal. Uh, I guess I say should say our. The one at the Y, who's still there, and she's doing an amazing job. And and I will sing her praises uh, forever. But uh, she informed me that that was not necessarily what group instructors want to do. They're not necessarily getting into group exercise to program. They're getting into it because they like the type of exercise. They like helping people. Fitness is a part of their life and this is the way that they can get it back. But they 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 may not have gone to school to learn about exercise science and and know understand the whole science behind programming. They just want a hard workout and they want to help people get in better shape by going through these workouts. And there is nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking that whatsoever, but that was an eye opener to me because I have the exact opposite approach. I want to I want to write everything. If people are going to come to my gym and work out, I want it to be under my own programming or Chelsea's program because I want to know if they get results is because what we had them do, right? Not because we helped them through a pre-choreographed routine. And again, there is nothing wrong with that. I want to be clear that I'm saying that uh, because I truly think there is nothing wrong with that. My point is such that I just want, I like to know that, you know, I like to write the programs. That, that's, that's just where I'm at. So when it comes to classes in my gym, I like to write the classes, or now Tony does, as I mentioned. But we've written them in a certain way to mimic a strength progression as if you would see in in a college strength and conditioning setting. And therefore, uh, each day is important. Now, we know not everyone can come every day. And so what we have to do is write the way we want to write the program. And we encourage people to come every day. We understand that they can't always, and we understand there's going to be days they miss, and we understand there's some people that can only come, say, Tuesday, Thursday, so they're going to get more of our longer conditioning days and not as much as of our strength. But as long as they know that and they're okay with that, then then I'm fine with that. But when it comes to wanting to change the workout or wanting to adapt the workout or um, intentionally doing things differently than what's programmed, you know that's what I wrestle with. If the client comes in and needs to scale a workout because the weight's too heavy, obviously you do that. Um, but if they come in and they, you know, you say I want to do four sets of two, which would indicate uh, that we're lifting pretty heavy, you know, upwards of 90% or more, uh, and therefore it's going to have a lot of rest in between sets. Right? so if they get done with those four sets of two in six or seven minutes, then clearly they didn't go heavy enough. Or if they if they say, well, I don't want I, I want to do ten reps instead of um, uh, two. Well, then then that's really not their 90% or 95%. A, but B, even if they go lighter and they just want to bang out reps because they like doing higher volume than than uh, the higher intensity in this particular scenario what do you do as a coach and i'm asking again somewhat hypothetically i know fundamentally and i know in my heart of hearts my first reaction my first reaction is no i wrote four sets of 2 at this weight because in this particular phase we're going for strength and that's what i want strength i don't i don't want to go for endurance right now we'll do an endurance phase later but right now we're in a strength phase and if you don't want to do high reps or if you don't want to do high weight low reps um, and then don't come to class. or you know. And I don't want to say that because it's not that I don't want them to come to class. I want to take that as an opportunity to educate them on periodization, why we do it a certain way. But I have found over the years, not just here at, at Upstate, but just over the years, that a lot of people who take groove exercises classes just don't care. They just want to come in and sweat. They just want to come in and... and Get their heart rate up, sweat a lot, and feel like they worked out hard. And if they do high rep stuff, that's what makes them feel like they got a good workout better than anything else, then should I just say, you know what? That's good. Good, I'm glad you're happy. Because they'll leave happy and they'll come right back. And be happy and keep paying. But then it sinks in that... That's, that's one of the reasons Chelsea and I wanted to leave the Y. Not because we felt the Y did that, but because that mentality of, no, we have a, a vision of a certain way that we feel is the best way to get the job done, and we want to educate you on why this is the best way. And we're going to show you how to do it. And we're going to get you to a level where you can do it the way we want it to do it. Again, if we have to scale it at first, fine. But we're going to get you to a a point where you won't have to scale. And we're going to change the phases throughout the year. You've just got to trust that this is the method for you. And if it's not the method for you, fine. But if we change our method... Or if we allow someone to change the method for themselves just to just so they feel better that day, they're gonna miss the point because as we try to progress and we change things around, they're never gonna see the results that they should be seeing when the rest of the class who does follow suit will. Because we know we're programming it correctly. And so I said this was kind of a hypothetical question, and I'm not trying to um, I'm not trying to say that if People who just want to come in and sweat are are doing it wrong. But in our system, and I would venture a guess in almost any system, and, and when I say system, a, a program that is designed, that's progressive, that's um you know, has overload, has some of those principles that we've talked about, that if people pick and choose and cherry pick what they want to do or change things around to, to make harder for them or make them feel like they're working harder, then they're not going to get the results they should be getting. And it's our job as coaches to educate them on why. And they can choose to leave. They can say, you know what, that's not really what I want to do. And if you're going to force me to squat heavy and I don't want to squat heavy, I want to squat lighter and go for reps, then I'll go somewhere else. And at that point, you have to understand that, okay, maybe maybe that's the best solution. And yeah, I don't want to lose members and I don't want to lose clients. But at the same time, I also don't want to compromise my vision because I believe in my vision and I believe in what Chelsea and I are doing and I believe that the way we program and the way, and the way Tony programs is the correct way. The correct way for our mission, for our system. There's more than one way to skin a cat. There's lots of ways to get results. But if we bend too much too soon, or too often, then our system gets watered down. And the results that come out of our system are going to be uh, not as good as they could have been. Not as good as what we plan to do. So, my advice to you is, A, if you run into this problem, stand firm. You are the expert. And if you have a vision, great. Now, if you decide, say for example... We we've been running some classes with some high school kids um, coming right out of school. Can they come right over? It's a lot, seniors at Greenville High get out at 12:30, and so there's not a lot of places for them to go catch a class at 12:30, um, especially that they can afford. So we've come up with an affordable class specifically for this group, uh, and they come three days a week, and their their intended goal. What they wanted when they came to us was they just want to come in and get a high-intensity workout. Now, we could set this up in a 30-minute strength routine and try to do a lot of the stuff, but what they want, they came to us saying, this is what we want, and we made it happen. So, our goal in that class is to get their heart rates up, to do it safely, to teach them proper form, teach them you know proper technique, but... They're, they just want to come in, ramp their heart rate up for 30 minutes, and be on their way. And so we have designed programs that will do that. Now, is that exactly what I would do if I had them you know, for three hours a week uh, doing exactly what I wanted for them? Probably not. But they came to us and they asked us if we could do that. So we had to make a decision. Is this something that we could do? Or is this something that... Uh, you know, it's not really going to fit with our mission. So, no, we're not going to take that on. And we decided to do it because we figured this is a way that uh, we not only could compete with some of the, you know, uh, Group X style classes or style workouts out there, like, like the Orange Theories and the Burn Body Boot Camps. Again, nothing against those. I'm not knocking them I, What I'm saying is we're competing with them now, right? These these ladies would go to a class like that uh, and like it. That's what they want. Now, we think there's a better way to get results done in the long run. And so now that we have a captive audience, because they come, we can help educate them on what they're doing. So this is their entry into maybe their fitness journey. So that's the way we look at this. They come in, they get a good hard workout in for 30 minutes and then when they stretch at the end, we're kind of explaining what we did, why we did what we did, and you know how, how that's going to help them in the future. And we slowly start building on that. And we slowly start building that, that knowledge base for them so they can go make choices for themselves uh, about what type of exercise they really want to get into, whether it be more lifting, more conditioning, or running, or whatever the case may be. So it's been a really good ex- experience. A uh, slight departure from what we normally do, uh, but we're reaching a, a target audience that may be coming at it from a different standpoint. They're younger, uh, they're, they're super driven, but they don't really know the difference between A or B. And so we're, we're giving them a taste of some strength. We're giving them a taste of some in, in high intensity. We're condensing it into a 30-minute segment, but we're hitting all of the tenets that we always do. Strength, fitness, agility, power mobility so everything's involved so it's a mini version of of our you know workouts the only thing we're not doing is basing it off of percentages and there's not a ton of progressive overload other than you know we try to encourage them to go up and wait you know when they can when the workouts come up back up again so um, I say all that to say be true to yourself be true to your mission and if you feel that that's what you want to do and you feel strongly about it, don't back down. If you set up a class and you just want people to come and have an offer, a place to work out, and let them do their own thing, or you know, if you're okay with them modifying, then that's fine. But but you still need to be upfront with them, like, okay, that that's fine. You can do high rep today, but you know, you may not get the the results long term that that I'm after because I'm writing it a slightly different way. And if they want to do that at that point, then that's fine. And you can decide that, okay, that's that's what they want. I choose to not allow that to happen because they, you know, our word of mouth is, you know, what our brand is built on. And I want to make sure that if people are getting results at my gym, that it's because they have learned from our gym and they have taken something away from being at our gym. Not just because they got a high-intensity workout, but because they learned something while they got a high-intensity strength and conditioning workout. All right. That's all I have to say today. Um, Some other things real quick before I close out. We do have uh, the Up League Network is growing. Uh, I now have a CrossFit coach that's going to be doing some podcasting for us. Um, Not quite sure when the first date of his will drop. Chelsea, uh, in her one-track mind, uh, we uh, are getting ready to record her first full-length episode uh, now that the competition here is over and uh, holidays are over, so we are moving forward with that, and I have a marketing um, uh, lady that will be doing uh, some stuff for us very shortly. So uh, we've got a lot of neat things, a lot of um, good ideas coming uh, your way, and the Up League network will be growing. So check it out.